so. That was Don's orgasm noise. It, yes, it, it was. <laughs> 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 ah, fuck. <laughs> yes, I squeak like a monkey. <laughs> and Brandon's We're been confused out his whole life. Wrong today. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! Yeah, this week I was productive as fuck, and it made me feel weird. I wasn't. My life fell all the way apart. I was super productive at work. We're we're fucking on track to beat the other stores this month. Beat them like little bitches. Well, they're mo- they're, it seems to be they're pre- predominantly staffed by women, so more like... Um, beat them like punks? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you gonna like posers. Uh, but for sure, all of the women that work at the other stores could kick my ass in a fight <laughs> all of them they they could kick my ass in a fight but only because i don't be fighting mm-hmm. no like i'm yeah, pretty even... big and like i'm a little bit strong i'm not like real strong but i'm like big strong you know what i mean? think like <laughs> e- even if i got the jump on any of them they would still kick my ass in a fight because oh they definitely they, pull out like a taser or something they shit. live in they live in jacksonville yeah, yeah 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 like no you're going like Dun down avenue 103rd period yeah <laughs> and i'm just not gonna i'm just i don't like fighting I'm just like it's not. It's a waste of time for me. I have never been in a physical altercation in my life. I've been in like one or two when I was like young. I might have been in like pushing matches and stuff, but I've never been like knocked down, drag out. You know, bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, I've, I've been in one actual All out fight. Pugilism. And it, it was a knockdown drag out, but like I was the one that won. I, he I was the one who knocked all. down and then also drug out yeah. that other motherfucker. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> only, well, only time ever. Well, I, I, was... I, am, I have a 100% win rate, so I'm hey. going to call it there. <laughs> <laughs> Undisputed. I have, a, I have, I, I mean, same. I've said it on the podcast before, but it was the only two times that I ever fought were like both in third grade, and I definitely won both fights but like (laughs) um i have that it you know the ender's game one no oh the philosophy of ender's game so in ender's game ender this fucking kid goes to like a military crime school i mean a military academy for young men Uh (laughs) and women i think i'm not sure but anyway he's like 12 or some shit and he's getting bullied and so he picks up like a statuette and he beats another kid bloody and when they ask him about it, they're like, why did you beat him so savagely? He was like, I wasn't trying to, like, hurt or kill him, but I knew that if I couldn't, like, if I didn't win, like, if I win but not good enough, they come back and get me harder. Yeah. If I win too hard, I got to go home. Yeah. I can't do this thing anymore that I want to do. But if I win enough that they know they shouldn't fuck with me. That's the amount of winning I want to do, basically, yeah. is what he says. And I'm like, that's the shit that I'm on. Like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to discourage you from fucking with me again. Because mm-hmm. I'm very patient, very patient, and I can tolerate a lot. But if you cross a line, I will put you the fuck down. That was exactly the only fight that I ever got in. His his friends ran out of the building and pulled me off of him, and it was, no, no, one, no one really bullied me at that school after that. Uh-huh. It's because if you know, like, for me, I'm not, like, the small kind of target, but I'm, like, the shy, like, you know, I'm shy and quiet in public. I don't like people, and I have a lot of anxiety conditions, so, like, 
you know, as a kid, that's fucking target number one for a yep. bully. Yeah. And also, I'm biracial, and I went to a black and then a white school. So, like, you know, one six and one half dozen the other for that for that little bit. But it's it's one of those things where if you don't assert dominance in like a literal animal kingdom kind of yeah. way, mm-hmm. they will keep fucking with you, and they will not, and they will make your whole life miserable. And that that holds true in like a business situation sometimes, yes. or like a anything really. In yeah. podcasting, uh-huh. we 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 assert our dominance and we tell everybody else to get the fuck off my turf, right? By yeah, being dude, really no, good no at other, our jobs and very friendly. No other semi-successful podcasts in this town, and there's a reason. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, That's dude. what I'm talking about. Because we fucking smashed the competition. A lot of That's bodies. what I'm saying. A lot of bodies. Too too many bodies, honestly. We've <laughs> we've done some crime. We've seen, <laughs> seen terrible, some terrible things, things, and we've perpetrated worse. <laughs> yes, we learned. As <laughs> if they ever find out what we've done, it, it's over for us and mm, half the town. <laughs> We'd nicknamed Josh Albert the Fish, but uh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that no, was no, such no. a genuine reaction. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. We all know he's Bundy. So, nope, <laughs> no, because <laughs> Al Bundy worst, from the no, from the TV no, show. Ted worst, Bundy. worst of all, uh, Ted Bundy may have been a serial killer, but Ted Bundy was also a Republican. Oh, and I could never. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Two Towns Over Cafe Corner Gossip. Corner Cafe Gossip. Sorry, Don, I don't mean to get political on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only podcast where you can learn the political affiliations of serial killers. But fuck the alt right and also Republicans, kind of. <laughs> I. <laughs> we started off strong. Now we've just gone off the rails. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's see if we can write this fucker. Uh, so it's been a while, but Not I if I have anything to say about it. We run a tight <laughs> shipwreck. <laughs> there you go. It's been a while, but I decided that it was time to break out the great big book of bullshit again. Which reminds me, there was a cartoon my son used to watch. Josh, you really just fucking blew my mind with that because that is exactly what we do. Here. <laughs> I stole it from a Facebook post. <laughs> it's, but we really do. It is we 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 run a tight shipwreck because yep. we crash that bitch every episode, oh, but yeah. in a very specific way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you no, know, it was a cartoon. It had it was every episode they went to the Great Big Book of Everything, and there was a oh. theme song that they would always sing. The Great Big Book of Everything. Let's see what's inside or something like that. I'm looking it up. We got the great big book of bullshit. We yeah. should have a theme song every time we bring it out. The great big book of bullshit. <laughs> so we're just going to get started here. We got the first story is called The Fisherman. The Fisherman? Fisherman. And the very second word is going to be a word that's already going to throw me. Stanley. Stanley. That's it. Ah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he had the great big Fuck, book. Fuck, that's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah it is. It was my son, one of my son's favorite cartoons, so of course it was. He didn't watch the normal shit. Speaking of, did you see that there's a Blue's Clues movie? Oh, is, isn't is it, it? It's like They're No Way a, Home where it's going to yeah, have all three. All of the, three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, uh, I gave up after the original one left. Steve? Yeah, Steve, because I was... 
Steve was for exactly my generation. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking was very sad when and he And then left. he came back and hit us all with that emotional gut yeah. punch oh, a couple I, years I ago. I literally yeah. cried. Oh, yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know I could still do that. Some <laughs> bullshit. Well, the way it's set up is that whoever the new Not cry, is. ladies and gentlemen. What I mean is I didn't know that my childhood shit could still get to me like that from yeah. a positive angle. Right. But no, the, the 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 story is the new guy. I don't know his name. Um, yeah. Purple shirt guy. Uh-huh. He uh, and Blue go to New York. Jormathan. Yeah, and they get For lost sure. in New York. So Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper and all the other characters, uh-huh. they go to New York to find them, uh-huh. and they need help finding them. So they knock on Steve's door, and like Steve is the detective that's going to help them. Because what's his face? The new guy doesn't Fuck have his. Me, that's adorable. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And they actually have all three, yeah, when they finally get together, all three, it's a into the Spider-Verse kind of. Yeah. It's, it's, that blues, sounds blues, so no way home. goddamn mm-hmm. holes, yeah. wholesome. No, yeah. it's Muppets Take Manhattan, but Blue's Clues. <laughs> all right, so here we go. We'll see if I can get past the second word. Nope. The Nolichucky River in Tennessee is notorious for its- I think that's like six words. Well, the second word was Nolichucky, but I think I've nailed it. But you brought attention to it. I think, I think you it. got it. I think you got and it. Brought it to a screeching fucking halt. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, uh, it's notorious for its treacherous undertow and the unseen underwater pits and caverns that have taken the lives of many swimmers and fishermen who waded too far into the current. Some of the old folks tell of a fisherman from up north who went down the to the Nolichucky to do a little fishing and never returned. Riptides are a bitch. Here we go though with the big book of. Bullshit part. <laughs> the story goes that he appears on the river from time to time. Mm-hmm. A few years back, a party of rafters in search of whitewater was drifting down the Nolichucky when they saw a fisherman standing waist deep in the water. The rafters waved to the fisherman and he waved back. I'm sorry, my ears are doing a weird thing where I know you have to be saying rafter, as in like a whitewater rafter. Right. But like, I'm hearing raptor. <laughs> and I am just picturing Jurassic World. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So the rafters waved to the fisherman, and he waved back. Then inexplicably, the fisherman disappeared. The rafters wave and screech. <laughs> I literally left. was fucking physically holding it back. <laughs> I was like, thinking the fisherman must have fallen victim to one of the underwater chasms. The leader of the expedition ordered the rafters to paddle over to the place where the man had been standing. As the raft drew near the spot, the guide pulled off his shirt and shoes and dove into the water. As he suspected, he found a large hole. Your mom's a large hole. There it is. I was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) The mouth of an underwater cave. There it is. That's the one. Your mom's underwater cave mouth. (laughs) After a moment's hesitation, the guide swam in, feeling his way in the semi-darkness. Up ahead of him, he saw a flash of white and he swam for it, hoping it was the lost fisherman. When the guide found where he had reached the, what the guide found when he reached the spot was a human skull. Frightened, the guy was that void from the two thousand one A Space Odyssey at the end. Yeah, it was that. That's what he found. Frightened, the guide gave no more thought to the fisherman, but swam as fast as he could out of the cave. He shot to the surface and dragged himself onto the riverbank as he lay gasping for air. A few hours later, police divers brought up the skull and the rest of a human skeleton. They also found an old pair of waders and the remnants of a wicker creel. The congregation of a local church. How many did you spell that? C-R-E-E-L. 
Okay, it, give me just pretty a sure moment. it's a basket that holds fish. It definitely is, but I gotta know. You continue. I'm this is just uh, for me. The congregation of a local church gave the bones a Christian burial in their burial ground. Since that day, the ghostly fisherman never appeared appeared at the river again. It's he just the, had to wait for them to collect his bones, put him to rest. Hmm? He just had to wait for them to yeah. collect his bones, put him to rest. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. So what's a girl? It's literally what you said, except if you're picturing like an open basket, it's not that one. It's the one you sometimes see in medieval fantasy where it's like an ancient fanny pack, where it's like a huge, uh. big, like basically a messenger bag mm-hmm. for fish. Gotcha. All right. So the next story is called the checker cab. A cabbie with 10 years experience driving the night shift got a call to go to Red Hook, a part of Brooklyn where he had never been before. Hey, mm-hmm. Red Claw is in the goddamn Fortnite right now, and I've been playing <laughs> a lot of that, and that's fun. I'm just going to picture him in this. <laughs> it was 4 a. It was 4 a.m. as he drove down the deserted streets of the unfamiliar neighborhood looking for his fare. Suddenly, as he rounded a corner, a man came running out of an alley. The cab hit the runner broadside. He flipped onto the hood of the cab and for a few brief seconds clung to the windshield wipers and looked the cabbie straight in the eye. Then the man rolled off the hood onto the pavement. The cabbie slammed on the brakes and jumped out of the cab. He expected to find the man lying in the gutter, but there was no no one anywhere on the street. The cabbie inspected his car for damage, but there wasn't a scratch on it, nor were there any handprints on the glass where the man had grabbed the windshield wipers. At the end of his shift, back at the garage, the cabbie told his friends what had happened to him that night. No one believed him. A week later, a different cabbie was driving down the same street at the same unholy hour when a man ran out from the alley directly- 11.07 p.m. (laughs) Yeah, that is the most unholy hour. It's the worst hour. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, from 11.07 to (sighs) 12.07, only demons. Yeah. (laughs) Only demons. Only demons and late night talk show hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the scariest things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. No, not Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> when a man, another man, a man ran out from the alley directly the into the Kimmel. <laughs> out of the path into the path of the cab. When the driver got out to help, the man had vanished. The cabbie went back to the garage, told his story again. None of the other drivers believed him. You would think that the one who th- had it happen the week before would believe him, but apparently not. Yet week after I'm week. I'm imagining that the other cabbie is in there like, yes, yeah, I fucking told you. And they're still like, fuck off, Greg. <laughs> right. <laughs> week after week, drivers showed up at the end of the night shift telling them the same story. Now the laughing and hooting had stopped. The cabbies were definitely spooked. Finally, the dispatcher decided to do a little research. He called up a friend at the Daily News <laughs> and asked him to search for any accidents in Red Hook in which a man had been hit by a cab in the early hours of the morning. A few, a few days later, the reporter called back. A Red Hook man had indeed been struck by a cab and killed at the very intersection where the cabbies reported seeing him. The victim had been trying to get away from an angry drug dealer when he ran into the path of the cab, was struck, and killed. Did this happen eight weeks about eight weeks ago, the dispatcher asked. No, said his friend at the news. It happened five years ago. Oh, that's always one of my favorite tropes. It's like the... But John, that restroom's been closed for 40 years. Yeah. That one. Yep. Well, I dropped your daughter off here yesterday. My daughter died 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
Then who did I finger bang? Anyways. <laughs> Don, you're on fucking point today, dog. Like, I'm having a great time. Like, <laughs> Uh, my sh- apologies to my wife on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, as the internet would say, uh, in maybe the worst circles, she was someone's daughter too. <laughs> <laughs> and the last story that we got to do is called the ghosts. Oh no, we got two more stories. I'm sorry. The ghosts of the SS Watertown is the next episode or story. Water it- seven, the city of water. Watership yes. down. Exactly. Rabbit snuff. In the 1920s, a cargo ship was steaming across the Atlantic from England to Canada. A few days out from Southampton, a gas pipe in the cargo hold developed a tiny leak. The two crewmen who were assigned to keep the hold in good order died from inhaling the toxic fumes. That same day, they were buried at sea. The morning after the funeral, when the captain came on deck, he found his entire crew gathered at the stern, pointing at the ship's wake. What's going on? I'm sorry. What's going on here? The captain demanded from the first mate. Good. It's a ship full of goblins, and I'm fucking here for yeah. it. <laughs> Sir, it appears that the two men were buried yesterday are following the ship. This is going to kill me. The captain looked at the first mate as if the man had lost his mind. Have you lost your mind, sailor? <laughs> <laughs> look for yourself, sir, the first mate said. Although he felt foolish, the captain did look where the first mate pointed. To his horror, he could see the ghostly figures of both crewmen floating above the wake of the ship. On my honor. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like fucking Arthur Shelby (laughs) from Peaky Blinders. Oh, shit. (laughs) Who has a camera? The captain said. Bring it here immediately. Yeah, we're in in modern times. Oh, man. That's less fun. 1920s. Oh, that's that's okay. Okay. All right. Okay. That's, I am just picturing, like, the like classical depiction of Blackbeard, but with, like, a Nikon. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, like an a old, DSLR. Like, like a, no, like like a like an older Nikon, like, point-and-shoot, like, from the 90s. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like a disposable? <laughs> no, not quite a disposable. Fuck. The ones that were, like, the same size and shape and everything, but they were, like, the, the earliest digital cameras, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Now yeah. I know uh-huh. exactly where it is. The ones with the fucking flippy lens thing? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a camera when I was... I didn't have it. My parents had a camera when I was a kid that the flash was not part of the camera. Yeah. You had to buy you had these... To attach it. Blocks. And you got, like, four shots from this block, uh-huh. and then you threw it away. And yeah. You there was a money-making scheme there. Anyways, uh-huh. so the sip... Sh- yeah, that long fucking blows my mind that you used to have to... Like, when Flash was invented for photography, <laughs> you would have to replace a fucking light bulb. Yo, yeah. you had to reload your camera. Like a goddamn semi-automatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the ship's surgeon ran to his cabin, returning a few minutes later with a fine German camera. I want you to use all your film. I can't do it. I want you to use all your film, yeah, no, the captain yeah, no. ordered. We may all be suffering from mass hysteria, or this may be a peculiar natural phenomenon. Whatever it is, I want a photographic record if, that can be investigated when we reach port. Wait, since it's 1920s, shouldn't he be like, I want a photographic evidence in case we make it back to port. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Johnson. Use all your film. 
The ship's surgeon did as he was ordered and took 24 shots of the ghostly figures. My brain is literally like, every time we've decided on a voice for them, it switches an era. It's Dark. like a yeah. weird... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Now it's in black and white. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Several... I'm imagining the loggers that used to roll the logs down the river now yeah. for some uh-huh. reason. Several days later, the Watertown docked in Halifax. The surgeon was the first man off the ship. Under orders from the captain, he hurried to a photographer's studio and asked him to develop the film at once. After he told the story of the apparitions, the surgeon also insisted that he be permitted to witness the entire developing process. The ship's surgeon's story of the ghost intrigued the photographer. He put aside all his other work to develop this one roll of film. Got some ghost pictures here for you. Ghost pictures! I need you to develop these post-haste. Chop, chop. Let's go. Yeah, uh, Shane. <laughs> in the oh, dark no. room. Now, now they're Chicago. Yeah. Now, now, now they're in pinstripe suits. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and they have bowler hats on. <laughs> in the dark room, frame after frame emerged from developing the developing solution perfectly black. He must have gotten a bad roll, the photographer said. Too Johnson, bad. did you leave the damn cap on the camera? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Fuck. He's too bad, he said. I would have liked to see a ghost. Then he lifted the final frame out of the basin. It was a perfectly clear photograph of the wake of the ship, and floating above the sea were the transparent figures of the two dead sailors. Johnson, I take it back. <laughs> You're a damn good photographer, Johnson. <laughs> I'm just... I, I'm trying to imagine a 1920s camera. They were the ones that were like on, they were huge and they were on tripods yeah. and you had to like get underneath the little, the little thing, the little Yeah, but curtain. I thought, yeah, but I, I thought those were the ones where you had to like hold it open for a couple minutes and it like imprinted on a sheet. I didn't realize I there was like rolls those, of film. Those were more like 1800s oh, okay. where they took that long to photograph. By the 20s, you could take almost instant photographs. Uh, no, they were the box cameras, the ones you unfolded from like a little suitcase oh. thing. Okay. Some of them had a tripod, yeah. some of them didn't. Gotcha. Oh, okay. okay. It's, um, I always just picture the tripod ones. I'm, yeah. I'm not thinking like the, there were the big ones, like I was saying, that you had to get under the curtains. Those were like the 1800s right. ones. Right. Yeah. The like late 1800s. All right. Those were the first ones that were like available for like, you could buy it and like start taking pictures for your town or right. something. Make a business, and or then whatever. by the, by the twenties, there were the ones like like you just showed where they still had the tripods, yeah, but they weren't like the you didn't have to get under the curtain. Yeah, anymore. imagine, um, oh fuck, what's that movie? Like the Titanic mm-hmm. was nineteen twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cameras in that movie. Okay, like, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Okay, well, you don't watch the Titanic <clears throat> every Thursday. No, but I did see a meme the other day that said that everybody needs to realize that Titanic is just an old woman telling a story about how she got some good dick on a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's how pirate stories go. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's the, you okay, imagine, like, literally, a, yeah, she, but a photographer, mm-hmm. that camera. Okay. You, you, it's like yeah. the one with the thing on the top, and yeah. it's like a flash. Right. You know what I mean? It's like a big, bulky thing all right they were maybe the first examples of what we would consider like a modern like a paparazzi camera yeah right? yeah, yeah yeah all right so this last story is called the haunted bar and i want to give a, a uh was it a, uh what's it called a uh i can't think of the word uh disclaimer at the beginning thank you don you're welcome don 
Um, Ricky Martin was Don's not actually in the it. closet. <laughs> <laughs> in either sense. I'm going to read this verbatim. All of you Hamilton geeks, I'm reading this verbatim. So don't come yelling at me. He didn't throw away a shot. We fucking get it, okay? <laughs> and we the, all listened to it for a year and a half, too, okay? In the Greenwich Village neighborhood of New York City is a small bar in an old red brick row house. 200 years ago, the property... I'm sorry. My brain didn't do it. Um, you got to please read that one sentence again. In the Greenwich Village neighborhood of New York City is a small bar in an old red brick row house. 200 years ago, the property was owned by Aaron Burr. Oh boy! Whenever, sir. The, yes. Uh, whenever the bar's owner hired a new bartender or waitress, the rest of the staff always told the rookie that the place was haunted. Never go into the storeroom after midnight. They told the new employees. You that's, might get shot. <laughs> that's where the ghosts <laughs> hang out, or the ghost hangs out. Imagine, One, imagine you you do like you're a ghost hunter. Yeah, and you go. You're like this was Aaron Burr's bar. And all, all you can hear all night long is just incessant grumbling <laughs> about how he writes like he's running out of time. I want to be in the room. I want to be in the room. There it is. <laughs> uh, one young woman. Theodosia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think the cameraman's being possessed and he's just like, fuck it. Fucking Alexander. Fucking Alexander. One young woman who took a job as a waitress at the bar. They didn't need to like me. They fucking didn't like him. <laughs> was not impressed by ghost stories. No matter what horrors the rest of the staff told her, she wasn't buying it. Her name was Rubina. Late one Saturday night in summer, uh, after she had been working at the bar for only a few weeks. It's Robin. Robin, sorry. Come Whatever. now. <laughs> The waitress went into the storeroom to get some pretzels. When she flipped on the light, she saw a man in an antique Nico, costume. to be exact, read one piece. <laughs> she call, uh, saw a man in an antique costume standing among the boxes. Who are you, she said. What are you doing back here? The man looked at the waitress straight in the eye. Where is Theodora? The waitress frowned. Nobody named Theodora works here. Now get out. But the I man didn't Theodosia. move. Yep, that's the part that... Don was disclaiming, I think. He repeated the question, where is Theodora? Are you high, the waitress said. I told you there's no Theodora here. Now get out before I call the bouncer. Now the man wailed, where is Theodora? Thinking this nutcase might be dangerous, the waitress backed out of the storeroom and ran for the bouncer. There's a guy dressed up in weird old clothes in the storeroom. He wants some chick named Theodora, she told the bouncer. Do you that, want... It's just secondhand. The guy didn't hear him correctly. Right, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. Do you want to handle this, or should I call the cops? Call the cops. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> right. It's like one of the three situations where you should... Listen, I'm black, and you should <laughs> definitely call the cops if a random stranger is yelling at you while also apparently living in your basement. Get the fucking... Anybody there. <laughs> and Call fire department. I don't care. Somebody. Uh... <clears throat> Cops don't arrest ghosts, the bouncer said. What are you talking about? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I pay my damn taxes. (laughs) What are you talking about, the waitress said. You just saw Aaron Burr's ghost, the bouncer said. Fuck off. He's looking for his daughter, Theodora. She was lost at sea. (sighs) (sighs) 
We really need to turn this into a video podcast. There so are everybody so can... many things wrong with what uh, with that story. I know, um, but that's why I put a disclaimer at the top. I don't want anybody. Can... Uh, actually, her name was the Adosha, but the Adara. Well, no, that's why I'm here, guys. <laughs> I do that part, so you don't have to fucking right, waste yeah, your exactly. Energy. That's what Ruben's here for. Um. But we don't got time to get into it, so... So we're going to wrap up this episode, because uh, Ruben's broken now. Dear Theodora, what to <laughs> say to you? <laughs> yeah, and Lin-Manuel can't sue us for that, because you he didn't say... You have my ears. You have your mother's... Ectoplasm. <laughs> Theodora writes me a letter every day. <laughs> <laughs> Her husband's in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to sign off on this one. Um, so uh, don't throw away your shot. I am. Shh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. You know who we are by now. Bye. If not, Be good to yourselves. Yeah. Bye. See ya. <laughs>